LOI Match Day on Off the Ball. Cork City defender Josh Honan, thanks a million for joining us on the podcast this week. Um, I'll just ask you about the, the most recent result first, of course. Uh, Derry City 2 0 defeat there last Friday. Uh, a tough night at the Brandywell. How, how would you assess it? It was, it was, it was obviously we didn't get a positive result. Um, but I felt overall, to be honest, thought, I actually thought we played well. I thought we probably played well enough to to warrant a positive enough results, to be honest. But look, it's just it's just one of those games where look, they took their chances and uh, look, they're a very good team. Obviously, they're up they're up near the top um, and they have some really good players. And it was just look, it's just one of those nights where unfortunately we didn't get a positive result. But look, um, hopefully now on Friday night now we can get a we can get a positive result now and get uh, you know start winning some more games again. Yeah, I'll mention the uh, draw the game which in a moment. Um, just to ask you first though as well because there's been a bit of a resurgence now with the Cork City squad. Um, you've shown some good form over recent weeks. What have you found has been the big difference from playing in the Premier Division to playing in the First Division? I know you had a couple of games yourself in the top flight uh, four years ago yeah. um, and you were quite young back then but now that you've had a good bit of experience in the top flight how do you assess the difference between the both divisions? Um... There's definitely there's definitely a gap. You know, the first division is a really competitive division. Um, you don't get really any easy game. But that being said, I definitely feel there's there is a gap between the first division and the Premier Division. I suppose the main thing is probably just the speed of play. It's a bit quicker. Um, the overall intensity of of the game is quicker than the first division. And I suppose if, you know if. You know, if you give up chances in this division or if you make a mistake, most of the time it's it's punished, whereas maybe in the first division sometimes you might get away with it. But um no, they're both look, they're both really competitive divisions, but obviously look the the Premier Division is it's a better division. Yeah, and I suppose and I've seen you playing live a couple of times, Josh. You you're quite a you know, while being good in the ball, you're also quite a physical defender. And have you found that there's a big difference in the strength and conditioning? Is that something even you've found you've had to step up yourself in, in coming up into the top flight? Of course. I mean, obviously, look, when you when you come into a new league, it obviously there's kind of an adaptation, you know, time where where you come in and you you have to get used to the, you know, the like I said, the speed of it. But um, it would be, yeah, look, physicality, I would say, is is a strong point in my game. Um, I always felt it has been a strong point in my game, but yeah, it's it's the Premier Division is more is a it's a more physical division. So look, you need to yeah, you do your gym stuff, you know, you you take care of yourself so that you like I said, you adapt to to the league. Just to go back as well, just a, bit, a couple of months, and I suppose Colin Healy, he's been at the club so long and he's done so well with the academy, bringing players through. I'm sure you would have a close relationship with him yourself. That must have been a really tough time for the squad. How would you assess that era or that particular moment in the in the season? Um, yeah, it was tough, obviously. Look, um, we had a run of results, all right, that, you know, we were on a poor probably four or five games where we lost. Um and it, it was it was strange seeing him go, especially I've had him I've had him for so long. I've had him for um I've had him for four or five years, I had him for a good couple of years in the academy, and then obviously the start of playing senior, you know, I had him so it was it was strange seeing him go, but um Liam's come in and he's done well. You know, he's plenty of experience and he knows the league and you know, we've we've gotten a couple of good results, so hopefully that can continue. Absolutely. Um I 
go on to Liam now in a moment. Just to ask you finally on Colin, do you think there's ever a chance he might end up back at Cork City, even looking after the academy? It's something I think he really enjoyed doing himself. Do you think he ever could come back in that kind of a role? Um, I personally, I I'm not sure. That's probably a question that yeah, he'd yeah. probably have to answer. Um, like I said, I had him. Adam for two, two or three years in the academy, and I couldn't speak highly enough of him. Um, really good luck in the academy. He, you know, I always say he improved me drastically. Um, in the academy, obviously, look, he's he's had an unbelievable, you know, footballing career. Um, and I know he's he's only just into kind of the, you know, the managerial career, but I, I have no doubts that he'll have a, he'll have a really successful managerial career, but. With regards to coming back to Cork City, it's probably it's probably a question you'll have to ask him. It's you know, um, yeah. further down the line. Yeah, that's absolutely fair enough. Just on on Liam, then obviously it was confirmed yesterday to uh, us in the media that Liam Buckley was going to stay in position until the end of the season. Um, has he been doing anything different, or has he just maybe tried to, I suppose, just get you motivated again, or what? What's been going on there with Liam Buckley in charge of Cork City? Um. To be honest, there's not a whole pile has kind of changed. I know when people hear probably a new manager has come in um, mid-season, people probably are, you know, they think straight away, you know, this might have changed or that. Not not much, to be honest. Like I said, he's he's loads of experience. He knows the league. Um, obviously, look, we're, you know, we were playing the prim- in the first division for the last two years. So for some of us, it's our first time playing in the Premier Division. Um but no, he, he hasn't really changed, you know, one or two small tweaks he's probably changed, but not a whole pile, obviously. Look, Richie and Deck, you know, are, are still involved and Liam Kearney's come in. So, it, you know, a lot of the lads that are, you know, obviously the lads were were there when Colin was there and Liam's very familiar with the club. But um, no, not much has changed, really, just maybe one or two tweaks, to be honest. Uh, as a defence, you got a couple of clean sheets there, back-to-back Um do you feel that that's something I understand? Look, you've had two games against two tough opposition, Dundalk and Derry, which you've yeah. lost. But before that, as a defence, did you feel as a as a unit you were starting to improve as well? Um, I did. I suppose, obviously, like you said, we've you know the last couple of games we've you know we've kept a good couple of clean sheets, and yeah, we've done a bit of work. All right, you know, we've done a bit of work on set pieces. We've conceded a couple of goals off off set pieces. Um, and some of the other goals, you know, they're more, you know, they're sloppy goals or they're, you know, they're just small errors. And like I said, you you get punished for in this league. But um, yeah, we've done a bit of work as a unit, and you know, I, I felt like we've improved. So yeah, look, we always say if we keep a clean sheet, then you know, I always feel like as a team we'll score. So we give our ourselves a right chance of winning most games. We keep a clean sheet. So. Just try. We just try to go out every game and just you know keep a clean sheet. It's our main you, message. You know when you're when you're looking at a battle against relegation, that is crucial. But also having a goal scorer in your team is crucial. And you have yeah. that in Rory Keating. He's been marvelous this season. He has. Yeah, he's been brilliant. Look, you know he, he's a brilliant striker. He's a he's a handful, and he's he's a lot more than just a goal scorer. You know, um, obviously, look, he's. He's a lot of goals this year. He's, he's up there for one of the top goal scorers in the league, but he's he's a lot more than that. You know, he's his work ethic. Um, you know, me as a centre back, you know, them strikers that don't make it easy, you know, that every time the ball comes up, they're making it difficult, they're they're pressuring you, they're physical, you know, and Ke- Keats is that. So 
look, he's a lot more than just a goal scorer, but you know, hopefully he just keeps banging in the goals. There's only two points between yourselves and your opponents on Friday night, Drogheda United. So I would say this is this is the kind of game you have to be winning if you have any chance of staying in the top flight this season. Yeah, look, it's it's a big game, of course. We know that, but we always go into every game with the the with the it's just the next game kind of mindset. I know it sounds might sound a bit daft, but we just look at every game the same. Um, Yes, they're in and around us. Um, we know that in Sligo, but you know, we just like we said, we just go out every game. We we think we can win every game, and we go to win every game. So look, hopefully, Friday night, like we can get a positive result. Were you glad to hear Freddie Draper was going back to Lincoln City during the week? <laughs> I heard. I only heard that yesterday. Um, hey, look, he's he's a good player. We've played him twice twice this year. Um, he's a good player, but look, where if he was playing, if he wasn't playing, you know. We're confident that if we go out on Friday and we play our own game, we play well, that can get a result. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you do like? Would you be confident at this stage of the season now that you could avoid relegation, even you know avoiding that relegation playoff place? To you, would you be confident you can do that by the end of the season? What is it? Avoid relegation? Is it? Uh, yeah, uh, not ending up in that bottom two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, we're you know we're a confident bunch. Um, We've had some, like I said, we've we went on a run there. What was it, four or five games with um, unbeaten? So look, look, we're a confident bunch. We we absolutely think that you know we, we can push up the table. To be honest, um, you know, to be honest with you, it's we're not we don't set kind of an aim. Mm. It's just like I said, we go out every for every game with just the mindset of you know next this game and then next game. You know, we don't we don't look down too far down the line. Um, when it comes to that but look we're a confident bunch and, and we're confident that if you know if we play well then you know we'll have a right chance of pushing right up the league Yeah 100% and I think uh, the top flight needs a good Cork City side in there just to ask you finally Josh uh, I was looking through your 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 stats over previous seasons and I know you were involved with the under 21 setup under Jim Crawford unfortunately you didn't get that cap I think you're on the bench in that game against yeah. Montenegro uh, interesting though to see that you were in that squad with uh, Evan Ferguson and I was kind of thinking geez you must have come up against him in training yeah. at some stage did you? Yeah he was he was there when I was there obviously look it was uh, it was a great experience first of all to be up there to get a to get a taste of it I hadn't I've been involved with the the Irish schools alright previous to that but that was my first time up at the 21s and Really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, like you said, Evan was there. There was a couple, good couple of lads there, but it's, it's brilliant to see what he's he's done. Obviously, I'm a big football fan. I'm a big fan of the Premier League, and it's it's brilliant to see him doing well with Brighton and uh, and Ireland as well. So you know, hopefully, he can keep that going. I'm sure he will. Yeah, absolutely. Who do you follow in the Premier League as a matter of interest? Man United. Oh, Man United. So, yeah. I think I think a lot of uh, his former team, Bohemians. Uh, I know will get a cut of any transfer fee. So, I think there's a lot of Bose fans hoping he'll, he'll go to Man United. I'm sure you are as well. <laughs> yeah, obviously, look, he's, he'd be brilliant. Be brilliant to have a to have an Irish player play with Man United. But uh, yeah, I suppose look, he's he signed a new deal with Brighton, and all you can hope for now is that he just keeps developing. Um, and yeah, I've no doubt he will. Absolutely. Listen, Josh, you've been great with your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck for Friday and for the rest of the season. Perfect. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Waterford striker Roland Nadowu, it's great to speak to you on the podcast this week. Thanks for coming on. Um, just have to ask you about uh, your recent, well, I suppose Waterford's recent run of form 
going very well. Defeated though by Cove Ramblers there in your last match. Uh, must be a bit of a disappointment coming out on the wrong side of a, a one goal defeat. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think the last couple of weeks we've definitely been building on on good performances, and I think that's what we were trying to do and continuously do it. Um, going out the Cove, it's not an easy place to go and, and get a result. And on the day, I think we were a bit off it to be fair. So. Um, yeah, it's just one of them things. I think now it's just about picking ourselves up and then just trying to get as much points as we can and just focus on ourselves from here on out. Yeah, it's been some turnaround for the club under Keith Long since he came in with Alan Reynolds. Uh, can you kind of tell me, I suppose it might be hard because it's probably a, a quite a number of factors in this, but what exactly have they done to turn things around and kind of spectacularly as well, because you've had some great victories and, and really big victories against some sides over the last couple of months. Yeah, I think I think we've had, there's, there's been a lot of things too. I think there's a lot of details and, and a lot of time goes into our training sessions. And I think the biggest thing for me was everyone being on the same page. I think they we it's kind of like a, it's a how would I explain it? It's it's like just it's like the religion basically of the, of the team that well, we all just do the same thing and we are all on the same page. And when we go out on a Saturday or a Friday night, that we're all going out with the same ambitions and the same we're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know at Bohemians, Keith would have played a very kind of direct quick style he likes pacey wingers likes getting the ball up into the front line as quick as he can is it a similar enough style to what Bohemian supporters would have seen um, as he's playing now with this Waterford team or is it is, is there a difference to the, the style of play no to be fair I think there is a little bit of a difference I don't think um, when Keith obviously when Keith came in he didn't have anything to do with the recruitment at that time he kind of came in when the season had already started so we kind of had to make do with what what he had in different positions and and I think he's done well with, with what he's had. I don't think um I think now obviously the window coming up, I think a few players might come in and I think it'll only make the squad stronger, yeah. Interesting that it was him that brought you back to Bohemians uh, a few years back. And uh, did you kind of what did you think when you heard that he was gonna be your, your new manager at Waterford? Quite a strange uh, coincidence. Yeah, when he when he first came in, we kind of had a laugh and a joke about it. Kind of in the meeting, there's kind of an elephant in the room, like, "Oh, that was your manager a year ago." This and that, but um, I think we we it was for very very professional um, relationship between me and Keith, and I have a lot, a lot of respect for him and and how he treated me as a, as a player. I have a lot of respect for him. Um, he came in and we just got to work and did our job, which was which was what we're required to do and what we're paid to do. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, when you look at some of the talent that he brought through at his previous club, you look at the likes of Ross Tierney, Dawson, the boy, Promise I'm a share, um, these kind of players, and, and even lads, like I remember Andre Wright coming into Bohemians, maybe some people were a little bit doubtful over his talent, but Keith really seemed to fashion him into a, a really good and brilliant player. Is that something you kind of feel as well, that, you know, if you kind of do what Keith tells you or his coaches, that he can make you improve and make you a better player? Yeah, I think the, the one thing with Keith is if, if you're performing for Keith and you're consistent as well with it, I feel like the way he speaks and the way he treats it, it will like it will make you kind of flow with confidence. And for a player, for myself, anyway, speaking for myself, confidence is, is a massive thing. 
and for them players you mentioned Dawson, the Rossies, the Promise, which all, all players I know, like I'm sure they performed on the Keith and, and and what he would the information he would have given them and the coaching and the advice would only just made them flow with more confidence and, and look where they are now. So it's all paid off. Yeah, and it certainly worked with you because I was just looking through your your record this season. Um, you've scored quite a few goals there, just in the league, five goals, seven assists as well. You must be pretty happy with that uh, that tally so far this season after nineteen games. Yeah, I, I set targets for myself at the start of the year, um, so I, I'm playing out wide at the moment. It's not my natural position, but I, I for me, it's just like helping the team as much as I can. And as a winger, which is the position I played mostly this year, it's end product is a big thing. So I try to work on it a lot. And, and with Keith as well, speaking with Keith every now and again, it is something that he really wants to, he wants from his attacking players, which is an end product that I've been trying to work on it this year, yeah. Yeah, and actually that's, I said at the top striker, I was meant to say it, uh, Waterford attacker, because I, I think, were you originally a central midfielder? Or how has your position kind of developed over the last couple of years? Yeah, so so weirdly enough, um, up until I'd say seventeen, eighteen, I've been playing midfield my whole my whole life. Um, I went into Cardiff then um, in twenty twenty one, and for that year, I just kind of got they kind of seen me as a winger. That's that's what they felt was my best position, and I went in there for a year and played a wing, and I came back to Ireland and I kind of like. You look at me in training, and I kind of looked like I was a winger there for 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 a good while, and I kind of needed to just because I came back thinking I wanted to be a, a midfielder and telling people, yeah, I'm a midfielder. If I'm coming into you, I want to be a midfielder. But I was I was doing stuff that wing like a manager would be looking for a winger to do. So I kind of had to just make that transition. Then I. I came to Waterford then and started as, out as a winger, and I spoke to Danny Searle, old, the old Waterford uh, manager, and he kind of said to me that um, I need to just, he just gave me advice on, on what to do to, to bring myself back to that mindset of being a midfielder, because it is quite different being an attacking player and midfielder, you kind of be more composed and and stuff like that. So yeah, I think that that was what it was, what, what it was. but this year, um the recruitment and stuff, it's kind of just putting me out wide. And I haven't complained, I just did what I had to do. And yeah, I'm playing it on the wide, wide and trying to just give the team as much as I can. And you told me off air beforehand, uh, you're a Lucan lad. Where did you actually play underage football then before you went to over the, over the water? So uh, I started off in my local club, Esca Celtic, for about two, three years. Uh, my dad used to take me into there and, and tell them that I was uh, three years older than I actually was. <laughs> so I think I was, I think I was maybe twelve, playing with the under fourteens and under four fifteens. And then um, I don't know if you know him, but a player called Armstrong Okaflex, which is uh, he's over, he actually plays for Ireland twenty ones. He's over at West Ham. Sure do, yeah. Uh, his dad, and my dad were mates. And obviously, Armstrong used to play for St. Kevin's. And um, I think I got into Kevin's then through obviously that friendship and stuff and played for Kevin's for a couple of years. And thought I really started to kick on then with uh, the managers and the standards there. And then I went to Joey for a couple of years. And then, yeah, that, that was when I really started to form into, kind of come into myself, I think, as a player. And yeah, that's who I played for before I went over. That's interesting because when you were playing with players who were older than you, I'd imagine that was a, a really positive thing for your development. 
yeah, when you're young, you don't really think anything about it. You just think you're playing with lads, um, just playing football, really. But I think looking back at it now, it probably had a really big... Um, it probably helped me a lot now, to be honest, using my body in, in good ways and stuff, trying to play against stronger lads and stuff. So I think it definitely helped. When you were over in England, then obviously you, you had um, spells at Southampton and Cardiff. Um, what do you feel that maybe didn't happen for you to, to progress into, say, the senior setups on at either clubs there? What do you think maybe that you had to come back here? And like I suppose you would still maybe harbour hopes of getting back over the water again, I'm sure. But what do you think maybe that you needed to work on when you when you came back to Ireland? Um, I think when I went, when I first went to Southampton, I the, for the first six months I was, I was really I was chasing the game a lot. Um I wasn't that technically gifted as the lads that were already there, I think. And I was kind of more of a I was a lad that wanted to work hard and wanted to come in and do well, but I think as time went on, I kind of just caught up and I was actually doing all right for a year. Um, then in my last year, I kind of got to the stage where it was like they're, they're bringing in a lot of good players here. Um, they brought in a midfielder for a million pound, I think. And this was coming up to the end of my contract and I just thought, like, I, I just thought they had plans for players. They knew who they wanted to push at that stage and I just think it, it wasn't going to work out for me at Southampton with, with just the way it was and set up. But I wouldn't have a bad thing to say about the club. I think um, I was treated really well there and really enjoyed my time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how do you find? How do you? How would you rate your career now? Like, is the kind of aim, I suppose, to try and get promoted now at Waterford, get a bit of experience in the in the Premier Division? Yeah, definitely. I think um, for my career now, I think this. I just try and push myself as much as I can. Uh, Waterford. Um, the the biggest aim this season is to, to get promoted, and I think that's the minimum for us, really. The way the way our mindsets are at this, this point in time. So I think pushing that, um, pushing the task of getting promoted is, is very big, um, and getting that Premier Division experience and playing with the likes against the likes of Rovers and and Derry and all those types of teams. I think it would definitely be uh, good for the development. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it must be made an awful lot easier when you've got a man like Ronan Coughlin in your team. His goal scoring rate has been, um, I don't know, he's like the Erling Holland of the uh, the first division here in Ireland, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Ro, Ro came in. The, he came late. He didn't have a preseason with us this year, so he came late. So we didn't really um, know. And I, I think he'd been injured for a while before he came. So when he came in, we didn't really know what to think, but his his mindset, the way he trains, the way he, he takes care of his body, I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing for him with, with what he's doing because he, he deserves every single thing he's getting. Um, he's probably the most ruthless striker I've ever played or trained with, to be honest. Like every day after training, he's always doing finishing. I'm trying to, I think even trying to learn off him. It, it, it kind of like when someone is so professional like that it kind of bounces off other players and I think for me definitely he's definitely made a mark on me I think that's that's a big thing as well like if, if you can actually influence other players with how professional you are it's a very big thing so I couldn't speak highly enough of him 
Absolutely. Well, listen, the next step in, in trying to get that promotion is a match against Finn Harps. They're a side you've handled pretty well so far this season, but I suppose that brings expectation from the fans that you'd be expected to go out and, and get those three points this weekend. Yeah, I, th- I think even with, with games like that, I think we can kind of feel or sense that like fans or the outside of the club would would, send, would expect us to go out and be teams sometimes. But I think... The gaffer has said to us, like, no matter who we play, we're going to pay them the respect of of going in and training the way we do every week and going in and doing our analysis like we do every week and turning up on the weekend and, and trying to perform the same way we do every week. So I think uh, going into the Finn Arps game, it will be like us going into a game against Galway. We just want to go and get them three points and go on to the next game. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, Galway could be caught. Is there any chance they seem to be just rolling away with it at the moment? And you know, you look at the um, look at the first division table now. You've got Galway on the top, yourselves in second. There's like 13 points between you. It is a big gap, but only 16 games left. Do you think it's possible? Uh, well, to be honest, I think with the with the game we played against Cove, I, I don't think that game helped. But I think now our mindsets just need to shift to just focusing on ourselves and getting the points. Every single point we can scrape. We just need to start getting. Uh, I think we need to be more ruthless and more professional in games and treat treat everything like it's a, a cup final, basically. And if Galway slip up, then they slip up. But we just need to focus on ourselves before even thinking about Galway slipping up or not. So I think that's yeah. how I'd look at it. Absolutely. Listen, Roland, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really appreciate you giving us your time to come on the podcast this week. Best of luck at the weekend, and I hope the season goes really well for you. Thank you very much, Stephen. Shamrock Rovers centre forward Rory Gaffney thanks a million for joining us on the podcast this week I'll ask you first uh, four points in from two games over four days over the weekend Bohemians away Derry City at home are you happy enough with that return from those two matches? Yeah definitely I think we said going into the weekend if we do positive results that we that we would have been happy on Friday night we were probably disappointed to come away having been 2-0 up to, to draw to all but I think last night to get to get a 1-0 win and, and not play our best Derry were, were quite impressive for, for large parts of the game last night I think we have to be very happy overall Yeah 100% Was there much um, talk after the game on Friday night you obviously have a 2-0 lead end up with a 2-2 draw which I suppose going over to a going away to your big rivals in Bohemians um, traditional rivals I should say but like to to go from 2-0 to 2-2. Was there disappointment over that or kind of thinking, well, we got a point off then, that's still a good result? Yeah, there, we were a little bit disappointed, but we just quickly turned our attention to Derry and we knew that if we got three points last night, we would we'd be thinking it was seven points now we're, we're to second place. So we knew that it was, it was obviously a massive six-pointer. It would have been you know, a fair difference in the table if Derry had won 1-0, but thankfully we won 1-0 and we're now, we're now seven points ahead of them. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's a it's a sum lead like at this stage of the season, especially before you've even gone into Europe. Um, when you kind of think back at those two games now, Derry City and Bohemians, you know they were kind of be nibbling around the top two, top three all uh, for the first half of the season. Could either of those teams, or even the likes of Pats or Dundalk, can any of those teams do you think still give you a push towards the end of the season in that title run in? Yeah, definitely. We we won't obviously play the other teams around us twice between now and the end of the season. So they're going to be all six pointers and I suppose they have to play each other as well. So 
whoever the form team is between now and the end of the season won't be far away. And I suppose last year we saw how how stretched the, the squad got at times when we were trying to compete in Europe and come back the weekend and play important league games. It's probably why we had to focus our attention on the league rather than the group stages Europe. So yeah, we, we obviously respect every all the teams around us and we don't we don't think that we've you know our job done at all. We just take us we're going to take it game by game. We've done Dock on Friday. They've had a they've had a great season. And and they are having a great season. They're going about their business quietly. So we know the the job that we need to do on Friday to get three points off them. Yeah, I'll come back to Dundalk in a moment. Just to um, ask you about yourself, like I start off at the top saying Shamrock Rovers centre forward, but I suppose when, like and I've seen you playing live so many times now, you're not really a traditional centre forward, are you? Is that something you've kind of maybe, like I'm not too sure about it, in England, like, but is that something you develop in your game where you're able to maybe drop out a bit more wide? Is it something maybe you feel you've got the freedom to do more here in the League of Ireland than maybe you did across the water? Yeah, definitely. Well, I suppose 10 years ago when I started playing in, in the League of Ireland with Murview and, and Limerick, I would have been a, a left winger. Mm. So that's probably where I have have that kind of tendency to go wide and, and drift for the ball, which, you know, I think helps me being a forward in that I, I know the type of balls that strikers would like to be put into the box. So if I end up at wide, I just kind of think, well, what type of ball does a forward want in this situation? Then I went over to England and I suppose played just as a striker mainly in, in a front two, which still gives you the opportunity to to drift and kind of go where you want at times. And but coming back playing under Stephen Bradley, it's just uh, it's just the form of my, of my career. Do you know, I wish probably I, I that I played for a manager like him a lot sooner, or that even the system of play that he sets up. I think everybody in the in the team knows knows their role so clearly. And sometimes you know if I drift or I disappear from the centre forward. Someone else will, someone else will take my place. Say last night, Richie Towle, the chance that he got in the first half, he makes a run in behind himself and Johnny Kenny, and we were the I suppose the two strikers on the pitch at the time. But that just comes from I suppose the system that the manager has set up over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that because when you say your role, I, I always get the impression watching Shamrock Rovers and the system that Bradley uses and especially that box midfield that there is a certain amount of room for you guys as players to express yourselves, maybe have that bit of freedom. So when you say a role, is there a really strict role that you have to follow within that system? Yeah, there's a role with, that, with the ball and without the ball, you know. Um, you know, the managers, he has a set up so well you know, we know where we should be when we don't have the ball and how he likes to press high up the pitch and we work on it every week and we work on it we work on it again Thursday on ahead of Dundalk and he might have a small tweak for, for whatever system that they'll play. But yeah, no, I think he's a very good coach and he's just made my job a whole lot easier that it's it's consistent messages whereas I played for I suppose previous managers where they might change formation, they mightn't work on it. So you didn't really know what you were doing going into into certain situations. But here, I think everyone should have a fair idea at this stage what we're doing. Um, I talk to young players these days, I suppose guys maybe 20 and under, and they all seem to be obsessed with stats these days. You're 33 now, Rory. Would you be as keen on keeping track of your own stats these days or are you just kind of happy enough to whatever happens, happens across the season? 
Yeah, I think I suppose the two most important stats for me at this stage are probably avoiding injury and still manage, still managing to score goals. You know, the way I, the way I'm suppose I'm looking at it is if I'm available for the large majority of matches, I'm not missing games. I did have an injury earlier on the season where I've missed three games, and apart from I suppose when I injured my Achilles when I first signed for the club in 2020, I haven't missed any games. So, I suppose I only end up missing guts of ten days, but that still turned out to be beat three games and three important games as well so yeah that's the number one stat just being available and then I suppose for a centre forward or a forward you need to be I suppose contributing to goals or if you're not scoring them at least setting them up yeah so absolutely those stats anyways yeah, yeah, big time. And I, you know, because I was looking across your stats for the last three seasons, what, 33 games in the, in the top flight, eight goals, three assists. It was 10 and 10 then last season in 35 matches, which is a brilliant return. You're eight and four now on 20. So, like, I, I'd say you're on target to probably surpass what you did last season. So, that must be pretty pleasing. Yeah, I suppose the thing with assists, though, it's down to somebody to put the ball in the back of the net. You know, you could roll the ball to some lad from 35 yards and he could stick it in the top corner. Do you know, I think it's, it's him that really that's created that goal. So uh, you just want to be, I suppose, there, thereabouts, helping out with the team. But I think the manager here knows that you mightn't set up a goal, but he'll have a fair idea if you played a, a major part in that goal as well. Um, I have to say, watching you in action, you don't look 33 because you're still really, you know, you, I see you, you, I would put you down maybe as a player in his late 20s, still very athletic, limber, able to get around the pitch. What have you done yourself to to, to keep your fitness and physical condition at such a top level um, at this stage in your career? And, you know, even with that in mind, how long would you maybe see yourself playing the game? Uh, I suppose probably being a professional footballer now the guts of 10 years so it's probably just all the training that I suppose would have started doing 10, 11, 12 years ago played Gaelic growing up so you know what it's like the yeah, lads love the love the gym you know if I have probably done less gym work in the last couple of years realising you don't need to be in the gym the whole time but I suppose the ball or football is played with the ball and it's most importantly is, is what you do with the ball and how you handle the ball but I've always been one to try and keeping top of my fitness, you know, like anybody else, you try and eat the right things, get the proper amount of sleep, do the gym work when you get a chance to do it. Uh, does that answer? Yeah, I suppose. And even like, is there any kind of alternative uh, stuff like yoga, Pilates, anything like that that, you, that you've done over the years? or? No, just any time I've been injured, really, I've always probably just tried to keep my fitness on the bike. So when you do, when you do okay. come back, it's it makes it a bit easier. But there's... I think there's no substitute for, for matches. You can do all the bike work or all the gym work that you want to do, but once the ball comes out and you have to change direction and chase after jinky players, you, you're not long feeling it. Yeah, absolutely, I'm sure. Listen, just looking at some of the formations of the, the clubs across the league, I think it's only yourselves, really. Um, I'm trying to think who else plays a back three. Shelburne as well, um, Cork City. As a striker, which do you prefer playing against? Do you mind coming up against the back three, back four? Is there any kind of do you feel you're, you're more effective against a certain type of formation? I think as a forward, if you're playing up front by yourself, you'd rather play against two centre halves than the the third centre half. At times, it's if the if the centre halves are switched on, if you're trying to make a run, they can quickly talk to each other and you know pass. They can pass you on. Rather than a back two, if if one of them switches off, you can you might be able to get in behind them or get out in front of them that little bit easier. Uh, so yeah, I'd have to say I probably enjoy enjoy playing against two defenders rather than three. 
You've got uh, a good record so far against Dundalk this season. Two wins, uh, home and away, 4-0 and 2-0. You got, I think you scored in the 4-0, the 4-0 win. Um, why have you managed to, I suppose, make these wins against Dundalk and not say look so easy because they are tough games to, to try and get those victories, but why do you think you've found um, yourself beating them twice so far this season? I think the first time up in Norway, I think it was our first win of the season. We were obviously waiting a couple of weeks to to get that win, but they had a man sent off in the first half. To be fair, I don't think it was a red card. Looking back, we'd be very disappointed if one of our lads had got sent off for the same challenge. But I think once we we were one 0 up and they were a man down, you know, it was kind of one of the easier games that you're going to get. But in Tala, we went one 0 up, but then. It was the opposite happened where Rona Finn got sent off and it turned out to be a tough 45 minutes for us in the second half. But we managed to, I suppose, sit back and nick that second goal that gave us um, gave us energy and gave us a reason to keep digging in to get the win. Absolutely. The artificial pitch, is that something you mind playing on or would you prefer playing on the uh, the real surface? Yeah, I think I'd rather play in Tala any day of the week, but that's the same same pitch for both teams. So it plays obviously a little bit different, but we've we've uh, we do a bit of training on uh, on Astro, especially in the early months of the season, Derry of an Astro, Dundalk of an Astro, we're, we're well used to it at this stage. It's teams in Europe have them as well. It's that's just part of the game, but ideally you'd be playing on grass. I just have to ask you finally as well, Rory is a former GA man and a man I'm sure still follows the the progress of the Galway senior footballers. Must have been a massive disappointment at the weekend at defeat to Mayo, was it? I was more disappointed probably watching the game. They're, they're not as entertaining as what they, they once were. I think they need to bring in some sort of a rule if it's going to be a shot clock or maybe the teams have to leave a certain amount of players and the opposition's half, but the slow build-up, it's... Hard watching soccer at times, let alone Gaelic. Yeah, I could totally get you. You might would you would you give the the tries men a run out maybe if you ended the the Shamrock Rovers career over the next year? Oh, no, no, I think that day is long gone. <laughs> Focusing on the golf, I think. <laughs> Great so far, you listen. You've been very good with your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the podcast this week. No other thanks. L O I match day on off the ball.